Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 223. COVID update fall 2023. The primary issue up for most people is vaccination. In the U.S., the push is for universal shots. The vast majority of other countries are embracing a public health approach where resources, energy, and education are targeted at those who are at high risk. This last year, the bivalent vaccine against the original strain plus Omicron was taken by a mere 20% of adults in the U.S. This low percentage of adoption was mitigated by the reality that the number of COVID deaths slowed considerably, most of the population still had immunity, and the percentage was higher among older Americans. This fall, rather than labeling it as a booster, federal health officials are promoting it as an annual immunization, similar to flu vaccine. Moderna even has a combo flu COVID shot, which has shown strong immune response in recent studies. This new COVID vaccine targets the XBB.1.5 variant, which was prominent when the manufacturers began testing. Now the EG.5 Omicron descendant is more prevalent, but seems to not evade the new formulation. This is a similar scenario to what we faced for years with flu. Experts make their best guess about what is circulating in the spring in order to have vaccines ready for the fall. And some years that works better than others in terms of levels of protection. In any case, it's important to remember that this updated COVID version is not expected to eliminate one getting mild disease, but is designed to reduce the chances of hospitalization and death. Although the public health emergency expired at the end of June, we do have ongoing data from the COVID-19 Hospitalization Surveillance Network, which conducts population-based surveillance for laboratory-confirmed covid RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, and influenza-associated hospitalizations. This includes data from 98 counties in 13 states. For the week ending 9-16, the rate of hospitalizations for confirmed COVID was 4 per 100,000, which is still a big number if one extrapolates for total U.S. population. Deaths over the summer were around 600 a week. Compare that with a weekly average of 14,000 deaths in 2021, and one gets the sense that progress has been made on this pandemic, which has killed at least 7 million people globally. Although COVID vaccine development was incredibly rapid, fueling appropriate concerns by anti-vaxxers that the approval process was rushed, it was based on research decades in the making. This week, the Nobel Prize for Medicine was announced for Katalin Kariko, a Hungarian immigrant and mRNA scientist, and Drew Weissman, a virologist who worked for years trying to make an HIV vaccine. Together, they identified a chemical tweak to messenger RNA that allowed it to be taken up by cells without provoking an immune response. This new mRNA technology has opened the door to creating vaccines against malaria with new hope for an HIV vaccine and even personalized cancer vaccines tailored to an individual's patient's tumor as well. I've previously talked about the severe limitations of the reporting system for adverse events after vaccination. 
We need a huge initiative to improve that so we have a better sense of possible short and long-term effects of mRNA vaccines. So how to assess, assess our own level of risk? We know that the risk of severe illness increases with the number of underlying medical conditions present, including obesity, diabetes, heart or lung disease, being immune compromised, and others. Just being over age 65 is in itself considered a risk factor. We do have antivirals that work and are intended for those positive for COVID with mild or moderate symptoms in the last five days and who are at high risk for progression to more severe illness. The fact that we have Paxlovid is encouraging, although for those at high risk on various meds whose dosage may need to be changed while on the drug, other possible concerns emerge altering blood thinner or blood pressure dosage or statin use, for example. In a population-based study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, researchers reported that Paxlovid was associated with a 44% reduction in hospitalization or death among highly vaccinated adults aged 50 years or older. A key question is, does vaccination or treatment with an antiviral prevent long COVID? One Italian study of 2,500 healthcare workers found that the number of vaccine doses was associated with lower long COVID prevalence. Clearly, more data is needed. Two studies have found that taking either Paxlovid or Molnupiravir within five days of a positive test was associated with a lower risk of long COVID in all ages, regardless of vaccination status or history of infection. Long COVID symptoms that last more than three months after acute infection affected 6% of U.S. adults, according to data through June 2023. Most prominently, post-exertional malaise, fatigue, brain fog, and POTS-related fast heart rate and dizziness. Recent research, although the study population is small in the hundreds rather than the thousands, aims to show hormonal and immunological dysfunction in hopes of finding a diagnostic blood biomarker and then treatment regimens. Reduced cortisol levels, elevated activated B cells and exhausted T cells, along with Epstein-Barr virus reactivation, have now been clearly demonstrated in long COVID patients. My best advice, given the data we have and the many uncertainties, is... One, get and use free tests via covidtest.gov. Two, wear a mask in public indoor spaces. Three, gargle and snort salt water after being out and about. Old-fashioned but helpful. Four, consistently do whatever you know boosts your immune system. Meditation, exercise, supplements. Five, Strongly consider current COVID vaccine if you have two or more high-risk factors. Six, if high-risk at all, take Paxlovid within five days of symptoms and make sure your healthcare provider adjusts meds that need changing while on it. Seven, we all need to be on alert for an uptick in cases in children. Many are not vaccinated, and this population likely has less herd immunity. Stay well and healthy. And thanks as always for listening.